Get ready, get ready for this piping hot tea. Get ready, get ready for a tea time and filter with your girl lovey tea. Spilling all this hot tea on this podcast street. So get ready, get ready for this piping hot tea. One tea time and filter with your girl lovey tea. Hey, Tea Sippers. I hope you guys are doing good. Welcome to another episode of Tea Time Unfiltered with your girl, Lovely Tea. And I got my girl, Emily, in the house. Emily, say what's up to the people. Hey, everybody. So it's been a lot going on. Oh, my Mm -hmm. gosh. I swear, like this past week, week and a half. So I really want to talk about all the things that's going on in Hawaii. Um, It is just devastating. Just watching everything with these forest fires you know, everybody on the island of um, Maui and what they're going through in Lahaina, I think the whole situation is just insane. And it really makes you think about your mortality. Like if you were in a situation like this, what would you do? You know, you had people out there where it's literally raining embers down on people, where the embers from the wind and the smoke and the fires are burning people's skins. People are running with their babies. People had to wait in the water. It was just, just all these stories have just been just so heartbreakingly sad. Yeah, it's really sad. And, um, you know, I've talked about before, especially uh, the past couple of winters, how cold it's been and certain things that you can do to prepare, you know, generators, things like that. But in a situation like this, like, what could you do? There's there's really not a lot that you could do to to prepare for something like this. I mean, if something's on fire and, you know, there's nothing you can do. Right. And I know a lot of people are, you know, there's a lot of stuff coming out now that there were no warnings. There were no sirens blaring, Right. you know, so many people were still sleeping in their homes and they just happen to smell something or eventually wake up. And there's literally fire coming down your block. And I remember a few years ago when I talked about the situation in Hawaii, when they got the alert that the island was being bombed, remember? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, and it ended up being a false alarm, but people were so scared. People were putting their kids in the sewers. They were hiding their kids, you know, in in closets and bathtubs because they thought some type of torpedo was coming from another country to, you know, just blast the island of Hawaii. So people were like extremely scared. And I'm just like, you know, if that alarm if that alert could go off years ago, where literally the whole island was in chaos trying to find hiding, where was the alarm for this, for this whole fire situation? Why did they not turn off all of the electricity? Because that caused even more, like once the electricity was flowing with the fires, it was causing things to explode and, you know, live wires on the ground. So I just feel bad for the people who got in their cars, you know, trying to drive away And, you know, you're trying to head out. There's only one way out, one way in. And a lot of people died in their cars, you know, not even from the burning, but like the smoke insulation and them not knowing what to do. Many people ended up leaving their cars, abandoning their cars and just jumping in the water to save their lives. Yeah, that's really sad. And um, I thought about that as well, because I I remember the whole ordeal. It's like somebody accidentally pressed a button and there was no way to to reverse it. And it's like, so y'all could do that, but y'all couldn't send out, you know, we get messages all the time, thunderstorm, severe thunderstorm warning, Mm -hmm. amber alerts, things like that. So I just found it really hard to believe that there was no way whatsoever for them to send out warning. And then the aid, you know, firemen and stuff like that in the area coming, run out of water. It's like, what the hell? It's it's very, um, 
it's really sad and it, it got, it makes you think, you know, like I know a lot of people always think that, you know, it's not that deep. It's not that deep. It's just a tragedy, but there's so many things going on where they were just so ill-prepared. The people that live there um, are not getting the, the care that they need. They're not getting the help that they need. And they're not even warning them about this fire that's clearly like massive. Like you said, they didn't turn the electricity off. There's no water. Like what is going on here? Exactly. And I think that's the part that's just so frustrating is that I heard some people saying that, you know, there was nobody here to help us. You know, there were, you know, think about it, senior citizens stuck in, you know, citizens That's homes so and sad. facilities. You know, the nursing staff can only do so much. And at the end of the day, you're trying to save yourself as well. So some of those mm-hmm. people got left, you know, there were old ladies who could no longer walk. You know, people have to really choose. They're saying the death toll right now is at like 98 people. BS. Yeah, I call bullshit too. Yeah. No way. No yeah, fucking death way. Death toll has to be at least a thousand plus people. And then when you think about it, think about the people who went to the water to try and save themselves and you're breathing in all this smoke and you're also trying to keep yourself afloat. There were a lot of people who were, you know, who were getting knocked out by the smoke and then drowning. Are there yeah. bodies ever going to be found? You know, who knows? The one man, he told this story and it just made me cry. He went in, um, it was him, I think it was like three other people. Um, he ended up calling his mom. She caught the Coast Guards. But he said it was about probably like 50 people total that just decided to run into the water. And some people had like newborn babies in their arms, you know, like a few months old. He That's said so by the time they got, re- yeah, by the time they got rescued hours later, there was no babies. No babies. Oh, my God. Adults. So imagine just the devastation of people, you know, they were in that water for hours. So you can only hold on to your kid for so long. And especially if you're being affected by the smoke, you know, maybe they also drowned with their babies. But he said there were several people who went into the water with small children. And when they were rescued, there were literally no children and absolutely no babies. That is so devastating. And then, you know, not to mention, I'm not super familiar with um, how the the water is as far as like in that area in Maui and all that. But, Mm -hmm. you know, you're holding on to a baby and you're in water. I'm assuming you're having to move out a little bit further from, you know, right where the the beaches and stuff like that are. It's hard to tread in water. And then the waves, you don't know how the current is sometimes. You know, they're saying all this was from a, um, well, that, that was one of the things that I saw that the winds that made everything so bad was, um, I don't know if it was from hurricanes, but obviously it was very windy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's very windy. So I'm assuming the waves are going to be a little bit, you know, hard Mm -hmm. to deal with as well. So I couldn't imagine there's been times I've been swimming in the ocean and just trying to stay above water is hard enough, but yet you're holding on to your child. Like that, that's so devastating. It really is. And you know, it's it's a lot. It's it's so much. We're going to go ahead and watch some clips. Um, Joe Biden has also come out and he claims that he's going to, you know, give them money to help them, which oh, is I'm very, sure he is. Yeah. Which is very interesting because the amount is only seven hundred dollars. But OK, Joe. Yeah. Like what the fuck they going to do with that? Come on. Exactly. Now. So let's go ahead and watch some of these clips here. We've also authorized one-time payments of $700 per household to folks who've been displaced so they can do the immediate things of just taking care of medications and prescriptions that they so badly need. We're working with the state to make sure survivors have lost. 
New tonight, firefighters on the front lines in Lahaina are telling harrowing stories of watching their own town burn while the water ran out and they had to flee. Our Daryl Huff has more. Our resources were pretty much overwhelmed. Union leaders who met with Maui firefighters yesterday described the wind-driven fires bearing down in Lahaina as being like a blowtorch as water for the 25 to 30 firefighters ran dry. Fighting fire for their lives, getting overran, trying to have a captain that's, you know, they need to get out to a burn center, hydrants aren't working. That's no different than cops being in a gunfight without bullets. We started talking about, you know, what their concerns were looking into the future. And one thing that some of them talked about and something that other residents have been very vocal about is concerns over gentrification, over permanent displacement of the people uh, here in, in Lahaina and, and in the areas that were lost or that were burned. Uh, that's something that is because Hawaii and certain several of the of the towns in Hawaii have become incredibly expensive for residents. So the people in Lahaina who lost their homes, uh, some have been reporting, and we haven't confirmed this, but on social media, people have been reporting that some realtors, uh, real estate developers, might have reached out and tried to buy their homes. That's of course something that we'll continue reporting on, and and we'll try to corroborate. But that's always a concern in catastrophes like these that people that somebody might want to come and take advantage of, of those in a vulnerable situation. You see entire families who've lost every single thing they have and they're living on the air mattress and a cot and a chair. The whole town of Lahaina is no more. I'm completely heartbroken over this and I know all of you are too. Lahaina in ruins and 96 confirmed dead as celebs who live in Hawaii rally to support fire-ravaged Maui. You know what this week has taught me is that when you don't know what to do, you do whatever you can. Oprah visited evacuee shelters all weekend, bringing supplies and emotional support. Today I brought back personal hygiene products, and the other day it was towels and sheets and pillows, and the day before that it was water. At some point I will make a major donation after all of the smoke and ashes have settled here. Jason Momoa is advising people not to visit the island while residents mourn and recover from the disaster. And Dwayne The Rock Johnson encouraging fans to donate. Thank you guys around the world for all of your love and your support, your light, your prayers. Thank you for sending them to the islands of Hawaii. I will continue to get as much information as possible. There's so many needs. Musician Mick Fleetwood was visiting family in Los Angeles when the fires hit. He chartered a plane to the island with much needed supplies. Selfishly, I haven't lost a family member. I didn't lose my house. It could have happened, but it didn't happen. So you immediately go like, I'm really lucky. Now what the hell can I do? Right now, we are in a state of emergency. Pure devastation. We've been pulling people out since last night. Unbelievable and apocalyptic. The town of Lahaina in Maui destroyed by wildfires and, quote, basically gone. At least 36 people dead, more than 270 structures destroyed. It's more in Hawaii. Actor Jason Momoa devastated and heartbroken. I come from a long lineage of watermen. Metallica drummer Lars Ulrich, who owns a home on the island, tells ET he and his home are safe. I'm on a big mountain in, uh -huh. in Hawaii, like uh -huh. 3,000 feet up. 
Oprah's estate, which is about 36 miles from Lahaina, is also believed to be out of harm's way. But Shamar Moore's girlfriend, actress Jezeree Dizon, shared heartbreak for her hometown. I am from Lahaina. Some of my family is missing. Uh, we can't get a hold of them. My childhood home has burned to the ground. And um, thousands of people have lost everything. Maui is also home to Owen Wilson and Clint Eastwood, who directed the Matt Damon film Hereafter, which filmed on Lahaina's historic Front Street. In the 2010 thriller, it's wiped out by a tsunami. But as the wildfires burned yesterday, the neighborhood looked more like a war zone. Another location impacted? The Four Seasons Resort, where the first White Lotus was filmed, is strongly discouraging non-essential travel to Maui. As for the journalists covering the devastation, it's not easy when most of the roads into town are closed. We're on a boat headed to Lahaina. This is one of the few ways to access the town. And what's incredible from this vantage point is the scale of destruction. We're talking miles of coastline completely burned. And I was like, oh, that's like a block and a half away. That was Susie's description when she walked down the street last week in the intense winds to see where the smell of smoke was coming from. Susie, her husband Junior, and her two daughters were all home as the situation worsened. Her husband even sprang down their house with the hose. When I was trying to gather some more stuff, um, Junior came back in the house and he was getting burned by embers flying in the, just flying around. The family of four ran to their car and maneuvered their way out of the area. Because of downed power lines, they were routed towards Lahaina's front street but chose to go the wrong way on a one-way street to get out. Honestly, I think that saved our lives because there's, you saw it, how many cars were stuck on Front Street. At one moment, I looked back at my daughter and she had one lone tear streak down her face. And the reason you could see it is because her face was covered in soot and ash. Um... So that hit me really hard. They are some of the most terrifying images from the fires. Desperate people rushing into the ocean, the only way to escape the flames. We're in the ocean. We're in the ocean. 19 year old Noah Tompkinson was one of them. <laughs> Along with his 13 year old brother, Milo. You're going to be okay, Milo. And their mother. Both sides, to the left and the right, are on fire. White smoke starting to come, which means the fire's starting to die. How did the idea to run into the ocean, how did that even happen? We kind of had it in the back of our mind the whole time that we wanted to be next to the water. If things got really bad, we could, you know, save ourselves by jumping into the ocean. And that, that is what it came to. If we walked across the street, we would have been, like, we would have been in the fire. Emil, what were you thinking, man? You're like a little guy, and you've seen all this craziness in front of you. What was that like? I was just trying to survive. Like, I was just in survival mode. That's it. The three waiting in the water for hours. Did it get to any point, Mila, where you were, like, kind of scared, like, when are we going to get rescued? Yeah, because they are taking, like, a really long time because they couldn't get to us because all the cars were blocked off. So we were kind of just trapped in the ocean. I didn't think we were going to get rescued. I thought we were going to have to wait till daylight and then swim out more and towards safety. Despite his fears, Noah kept the family calm. Jimmy, okay. 
They waited there well into the night, the flames burning on land just beyond them. And when their mother started getting too cold... There was one point where we kind of like all huddled around her and just wanted to like keep her warm. We kept like rubbing her arms, just like trying to create some warmth for her. Has your mom talked to you guys and, and thanked you for being by her side or...? We didn't save her, she also saved us. Like, if, if any of us were alone, I don't know if we would have made it. It was the fact that all, all of us were together that, that helped us the most. Mm. Oh my God, that's so sad. It's hard not to cry when you see mm. stuff like that. Yeah, especially being a mom of two boys. You know, yeah. watching that. And like he said, you know, we didn't just save her. She also saved us. You yeah, know? that's that's so sad. God, which is just powerful. And it, it makes you think like, you know, what would you do in those situations? I can't swim, you know, yeah. like the boys can swim. They took swimming classes, but I can't. So that stuff like that just scares me and really makes me think like, wow, what if I was in that situation? Like, you know, what would happen? How would I survive? Um, so mm -hmm. just to see them come out of that is just a blessing. Um, yeah. But of course, you know, with everything that's going on, um, there's also the conspiracies, you know, like I know for two days I did research what started the fire. Nobody knew. Now, all of a sudden it was a hurricane. You know, I'm not a with no rain. Yeah, that, no, right. thank you. that's my point. Like, I'm not a weather expert, but I thought hurricanes usually bring torrential rain. You know how? Yeah, they usually do. only bring fire and, you know, wind and fire. Like, even with the wind, where did the fire start? Like, nobody has an idea of where the fire started. Now, some people are saying that, you know, laser beams and this and that. But honestly, do you really have to spend thousands of dollars doing this whole laser beam thing? A simple match in a gas can does the same job for less than $2, right? Mm -hmm. um, Hawaii is very prime real estate. So oh, yeah, absolutely. Island, you know, rich in resources. Um, you have a lot of celebrities, billionaires who have homes there. They have some of the highest taxes in the country. I know we've spoke about this in like past videos and podcasts, you know, how expensive it is for the regular people who live in Hawaii. It's very expensive to live there. And, um, they have been trying to fight these people for their land for generations. And many of them will not sell. They don't want to sell their lands. Hawaii is a very spiritual place. That's why I kind of looked at these fires initially as maybe something spiritual from the ancestors as well, like cleansing the land. Yeah, but I did. Mm -hmm. th well, that came across my mind too, just because um, I'm really into like, you know, mythology and, and I, I will butcher every one of these names. Um, you know, Roman mythology, Greek mythology, North mytho Norse mythology, um, and then uh, Polynesian mythology, which is really interesting. I know a lot of people seen the, the movie Moana. That's one of my favorite Disney movies. It's really, really good. Mm -hmm. But it made me think of in that movie, the, the demigod Maui, which is actually part of like Polynesian um, mythology and stuff like that, just the connections between Maui and how he discovered fire and... Um, um, I think I'm going to butcher this, but I think it was like he stole it from his grandma, Mojica, Mojica. I'm, I'm butchering the names. But anyways, it, in that that lore is, you know, he went in to go get fire and she was like throwing fire at him and then burned everything down in the area and got, you know, from the embers. He taught the people 
uh, in the area how to to start fires. And they're saying a lot of these fires started from really dry grass and stuff like that. We don't have an exact reason, but as far as um, the culture there and a lot of their uh, mythology, you know, there's there's water gods. There's uh, I think Pele. I might be saying that wrong once again. Um, there's a lot of history and fire goddesses, water goddesses. Even uh, I think it's Hamia is you know a, a goddess of Polynesian mythology. And you know there's several different stories and, and just like with Roman and Greek mythology, you'll get seven different stories of different you know deities and things like that. But I find it very interesting that there's so much water involved with people going into the ocean with mm-hmm. the um the the water goddess oh I can't remember that one's name and then the the fire goddess uh, or goddess of volcanoes and stuff like that Pele and it's in Maui which is you know the demigod Maui mm-hmm. even in the movie Moana remember like Taka was you know trying to burn down Maui yeah yeah and um they did uh, a lot of research, I guess, and, you know, talked to people and came up with different uh, ideas of, of uh, Taka, which I believe was supposed to be a, um, ooh, the, it was kind of like a, a combination of the goddess uh, Pele and uh, her mother, Hamia. And then their sister was uh, Namika. And now, like I said, I know I'm saying all these names probably like incorrectly, but yeah, even in the movie, uh, Taka was chasing um, Maui. Maui throughout the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. After he stole her heart from their land, which is from her land, which is, you know, really, really interesting when you think of the parallels between that story and what's actually going on in Maui right now. Yeah. Cause look how they're saying that real estate developers are calling these families, asking mm. to take over their land. And it's very tempting because what land is there to take over? Everything is gone. And a lot of these people, unfortunately, they don't have house insurance, you know, home insurance, because a lot of the the homes there have been passed down from generation to generation. So, you know, now that it's burned down, it's gone. And I think for me, I got very emotional even looking at the fire, because when you look at a place that you grew up, um, it reminded me of 2020, like what happened mm. here in the Twin Cities. And, you know, just being down there on the South side and watching these fires and everybody was just so entranced and, you know, just thinking back to like the footage that I shot and we hear the natives, they're drumming their, their war drums and, you know, um, all these people from out of town, we're hearing these different accents, these agents of chaos who are down there. There's this stand up Mm -hmm. with the police and you just see like, you know, these buildings in the background burning and embers. And I remember like, just even the next day when St. Paul started burning and we were like in my old neighborhood and over there by where the skyline was, where everything was just on fire. Like I broke down at the bridge and just broke down, like just crying. Like Alina had to pick me up and I'm just like, just breaking down, just in fucking tears. People are like calling my phone. Cause I was on live on Facebook. And mm, um, I remember, yeah, it was just, it was just, it was just overwhelming because when this is like your home, that's all you know. These are your memories, you know, walking across the bridge, going to the south side, you know, dropping, you know, Tay-Tay off because he spent so much time with his grandmother over there, you know, getting his Halloween costume with his grandmother from that Target that they burnt down. So even all the memories that the kids have from being over there on Lake and and everything else, you know, they grew up more on the south side than they did out here even with me. And so when I hear like the rock and I hear, you know, the natives that live there just saying there's nothing left, that like everything is gone. And granted, we've been able to rebuild, 
but that's not the South side I grew up on. Everything is gentrified. Now there's all these condos popping up. You know, the rent for these condos are starting at $3,000 plus, you know, mm-hmm. the, the older homes, the older buildings that were there, all of it is gone. Like those memories, you know, like, yeah, they've rebuilt, but it's not the same. Yeah. Who were they? Who are they rebuilding for, though, is, is yeah. really the question. You know. So today's show sponsor is bought to you by Chime.com. It is officially summertime. Do you have a summer anthem yet? Well, if you don't, maybe it should be something like Credit Easy. That's the song you'll be singing all summer long with a secure Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card. A better way to build credit, as in you can build your credit score safely with everyday purchases and on-time payments. Also, with a Chime checking account, you get paid up to two days earlier with qualifying direct deposits. You also get access to your money sooner, and you have access to over 60,000 fee-free ATMs. So if you want to start building up your credit, all you have to do is open up a Chime checking account with at least $200 of qualifying direct deposits. Make sure you go on to Chime.com and use my code SIPSLOW. So once again, that's Chime.com forward slash SIP slow. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by Stride Bank NA, member FDIC. Chime checking account and $200 qualifying direct deposits required to apply. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees may apply. On-time payment history may have a positive impact on your credit score. Late payments may negatively impact your credit score. Results may vary. So make sure you guys check them out. And that's um, the, I guess, our government, America in general, has a a very... um, has a history of stealing land, obviously, from indigenous people. And um, Hawaii is uh, a lot of, you know, there, there's a lot of culture there. So I, you know, I'm, I personally can't help but think, was this planned out? Because a lot of people aren't coming off of their land. And like you said, it's prime real estate. And who has, like, I'm just thinking of me personally at this moment. If we bought our house, I think like in 2017, 18, and that wasn't even that long ago, you know, but the market is so crazy right now. If God forbid something was to happen and our house was to burn down, I don't know what the hell we would do. Because even if you do have homeowner's insurance, the money that you're going to get, what what the fuck are you going to do with that? The housing market is so crazy right now that mm. what we would even get wouldn't even compare to where we could go. So I couldn't imagine an entire community, all of your neighbors, your friends, your family, all the local stores you go to, all gone. Just in what, how long did it take for everything to burn down? Like a day, two days, maybe? Literally like 24 hours. That's crazy. That's fucking crazy. And then I'm seeing these people in the water and I'm like, where the fuck is the Coast Guard? You know, where is everybody? I've seen, you know, the stories on TikTok of people like locals living there. And a lot of content, a lot of times people that are actually there and they're putting this stuff on TikTok, they're taking the shit down, which makes my tin hat tingle too. Like, why are you taking these people's, you know, their stories down? They live there, they're in it. So why wouldn't you want to hear what they have to say? A lot of people are saying that there's been, you know, other people try to come through that maybe wasn't, you know, government related or whatever, trying to bring in supplies and things that they need and they're turning them away. It's like, what that makes no sense. Why would you do that? Yeah. And speaking on insurance, what a lot of people don't know that, you know, we've been talking for years about how worse the weather is getting, 
you know, and granted with their mm -hmm. situation, it's more fire, but even people who live in Florida, who live in these hurricane prone areas, a lot of these insurance companies are going bankrupt. They're not even insuring at this point in certain cities in Florida, in California, where a lot of people deal with forest fires. They're, they're not insuring anymore because it's not worth it to them, you know, because they're they're getting bankrupt. So a lot of insurance companies are packing up and leaving. Case in point, one of my friends, um, her and her husband, they owned a, like a, a rental property and um, Sanibel Island, um, in Sanibel Island in Florida. And if you Google Sanibel Island, it's it was devastated by Hurricane Ian. Devastated. Mm -hmm. Lucky for her and her husband, you know, they have means, you know, they're somewhat wealthy. So they have other properties that they could, you know, move to. But, you know, they they had been renting out their property down there for about 15 years. She's they're an older couple. So they've been down there for about 15 years. And, you know, they've been having to fight the insurance. Like you pay insurance every single month. And then now when it's time to pay out, there's all these excuses and we don't know, we're looking into Which is it. such bullshit. Because yeah. let me tell you something, mm -hmm. that, that shit, if you miss your payment, you're fucked. Tax. Just like, I've, you know, I'm not trying to get sidetracked, but when it comes to taxes, if you if you owe them some money, oh, they're going to fucking get yours. They're going to go in your bank account. They're going to fucking freeze, freeze your, your shit. Account. They're going, uh-huh. They're going to fucking garnish your wages. They're going to get theirs. But let them be late on paying you. That's happened to me before. Six months go by. Where, where's my income tax return? Shit, I need that money. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, you know, you know, it's just 30 days from a letter, this, that, and the third, getting the runaround. It's the same thing with the insurance companies. They'll be sure to get their payment. And if not, it's going to be a very, very big issue for you. But when it comes time for them to pay out, like you said, there's all kind of excuses and, you know, ring arounds and shit like that. They're going to give you the runaround, whatever. So it, it's very interesting how, how, the energy is very different. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's going on two years. They have not received a payout. But then the mortgage company, you know, because the home is not paid off, they still want their monthly payment. Well, who's going to pay a monthly payment on a home that's not even there? Like the whole right. island was basically wiped out by Hurricane Ian. And, you know, just rebuilding and just, you know, going through her pictures and just, it's just devastating. And these stories yeah. are becoming more and more frequent. You know, like we talked about earlier uh, this year, the the whole um, ice storm, you know, that mm -hmm. happened on the East Coast where people were freezing to death in their cars. And I think one thing I've learned from like just all this stuff that's going on is that people need to get right with God. You yeah. know, whoever your higher power is, I don't care what religion you are, Christian, Muslim, you know, Jewish, you know, just whatever you practice you need to, you know, really hold on to your faith because we're going through t trying times and it's only going to get worse, sir. And America is broke right now, you know, and it's very frustrating to hear old man Joe stand up there and say, oh, we're going to give everybody on the island $700 to help them with their prescriptions and their needs. Yeah, like, first of all, where are they getting their prescriptions from if everything's burnt down? Because that was one thing I was thinking of is I have medications that I have to take every day. So mm -hmm. I'm just thinking, fuck, if my house and my, you know, everything got engulfed, where are you going to go? You know how hard it is to try to get a refill on medication that, you know, say might be considered a controlled substance or something like that. I, especially mm -hmm. if you can't get a hold to the doctors because the fucking doctor's office is built down, is burnt down. But $700 is a fucking joke. And, you know, you know, I've talked about uh, taxes before and how much I know everybody rather you know, you're a, an entrepreneur, a business owner, or you just work like a nine to five like I do. We pay a shit ton of money in fucking taxes. And the amount of money that we pay in taxes is ridiculous to 
think that these people that have were one were not treated properly. There was no assistance, no rescuing, anything like that. You know, they've been through trauma, literally hell. You're going to offer 700. That's a fucking slap in the face. I remember whenever um, the the PP, no, not the PPP, the uh, what were them damn things? The stimulus, stimulus packages mm-hmm. during um, COVID came through. They were more than that. I mean, I think they got a little bit smaller toward the end, but I want to say the first one wasn't too, too bad. It was more than that. Right. $700 is a fucking insult. You know, some people will be like, well, you know, you're being ungrateful. Take what you can get. That's a fucking insult. I don't care who you are. That's a joke. Well, I think for me, what that $700 proves is that America is running out of money. You know, we send it all to Ukraine. To Ukraine. Yeah, our baby mama. That's what I love to call Ukraine. That is, that, <laughs> that is the baby mama that just won't leave us alone. Like, we're not even the daddy, honey. We didn't knock you up. But because mm-hmm. I was there and I signed the birth certificate, Maury said, you know, you are not the father, but somehow we're still on the, you know, we're on the hook for all this. We can't And that makes me wonder that. what's going on. What, what, why are we so invested in And I get it, you know, like, I understand what's going on over there is, is, is a big deal, but. Uh, like you said, the baby mom, it, we're spending what, billions. It's been billions, right? Yeah. And the only thing I'm seeing from Zelensky is photo shoots with Vogue. Like, <laughs> yeah, we're not even like you haven't even won the war, sir. Y'all are doing photo shoots. He's Time Magazine's man of the year. Can you win this war so we can start taking care of home and we ain't got to keep taking care of you all? Like, it's just it, it's insane at this point everything that's going on globally and you know because we're we're being you know supportive and sending money over there the citizens here who pay taxes and who really need the help they're not able to get it and one of the things that was just very eye-opening when everybody just kept saying there was no help there was nobody there to rescue us we were calling 911 and saying where should we go and 911 was telling them just follow the crowd they don't know that's what people need to understand when follow things, the crowd when, yeah when the shit hits the fan just like it did this winter there's n- nobody coming to save you nobody's yeah. going to risk if they if there's if the snow is 25 foot deep or 20 you know sorry not 25 feet but if the snow is like 20 hell it felt high, like it yeah you know what i mean and there's snow everywhere those ambulances can't get to you the fire trucks can't get to you you know, there's no plows available right now. So you have to be smart and take precautions and have certain things like, you know, in your car and stuff like that. But I think, you know, even with this situation with these fires, everybody needs to kind of map out their neighborhoods and map out, you know, if there is a fire, if there is flooding, where are we going to go? What are the escape routes? You know, these are things that we really have to think about now that we didn't have to think about 10 years ago. But now with all of these natural disasters, man-made disasters, conspiracies, whatever you want to call them, it's affecting real people. And so now we have to start thinking in terms of how will I survive? You know, we have to have a Mm -hmm. bug out bag, you know, uh, medical bags, just different things, you know, being up to three months ahead with your medication if you can, because right now there's a shortage on a lot of pharmaceuticals. You know, you know what I go through every month having Mm -hmm. a pharmacy hop because, you know, one of the makers, their plant burnt down. And so they're not making, you know, the medicines like they should. Like we talk about this all the time in discord, like there's a huge shortage in the pharmacy industry. So, you know, if you can get your prescriptions three months ahead in the event, something happens, at least you'll be able to survive for an additional three months. So it's, it's very frightening thinking about just everything that's going on. But, um, I definitely see like where the, some of the conspiracy theorists are coming from. You know, this is prime land, you know, was all of this done 
you know, to burn up everything. And now new real estate developers, they come in, they buy the land cheap. And then in two, three years, everything is just condos and it's a whole, you know, beach resort. Instead yeah, of I, I, that's what I believe. I really do. And I, I definitely think that is, um, you know, to, to circle back to your point where you were saying, you know, your spiritualism is it's very, very important because I feel like this is a, a form of spiritual warfare. You know, yeah. the waters, the fires, all these different elements and things like that that you keep seeing through all this. Um, and, and like you said, knowing where to go, because I'm thinking like you were saying, I, I'm a very strong swimmer. My husband can swim, but my seven-year-old, he can't swim like that. So right. just thinking of being in such, you know, extremes, condi extreme conditions and what could you do in that? Like I said, I wouldn't know how to prepare for a fire. That's never once crossed my mind besides the shit that, you know, you learn, drop, stop, drop, roll, or, you know, identify the exits and stuff like that. Right. But in a situation like that, you know, and I'm not um, super familiar, but a, a question of mine is like in those areas, I know there's volcanoes and, and things like that but are, are fires really common in the islands because I'm thinking you know I'm not a, a meteorologist or a specialist in any of this this is just you know a, a thought of mine but um you know how would you if you're surrounded by water like that are fires and it's a tropical area so do you get a lot of rain is dryness really common I just I never thought that islands were so um honorable yeah, yeah, that they were so vulnerable and would just, you know, what, what flammable. Well, I don't think it's ever happened before. So this is- I can't I think mean, of anything is, either. Yeah, this is a once in a lifetime, quote unquote, event. You know, like people have never seen this. Like I said, like there are literally ambers raining down from the sky. It's like in fucking Game people. of Thrones when, you know, no, yeah. no spoilers, but, you know, we'll, we'll go circle to the last season, you know, shit. That's what it made me think of. Mm-hmm. And hell, there was the fucking fires in Canada, what, just recently too? So it's, there's a lot of fires going on, but it seemed like the the um, response to the fires in Canada, which I understand that's a different government and stuff, but it was handled very differently. Right, right. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot going on, you know, and every year, like we've been following up on Discord, you know, that's why we started the the Leo room, Leo fire, fire season, because Leo, you know, we're a fire sign and it is fire season. And even since 2020, these fires have gotten more and more vicious, a lot worse, you know? So there's, I just feel like we're off balance with nature and a lot of stuff, you know, as oh, yeah. well. Um, and the fact that, you know, when the firefighters went there to try and put out the fires, there were no water. The water was stopped. So y'all can't turn out the electricity to stop things from blowing up, but the water can be stopped. And how the fuck do you run out of water when you're on an island? Is that like a dumb question? But that's just the first thing that comes well, to mind. Well, the water mind. is connected to the hydrants. That wouldn't have any. Oh, okay. 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 <laughs> <laughs> no, they're putting it, you know, they're connecting it to the hydrants. So that's something different, you know. Oh, okay. But yeah, it's, it's the only way that they can get water, like once they're not, you know, working with the hydrants, then they can use the buckets from the helicopters to take yeah. from the ocean and then, you know, douse it. But I remember I was watching a video and they were out there literally all night. They had dumped, I think they said, 100 gallons of ocean water and there were still fires going. So, so you I've know, been watching too so much fireman's land. Yeah. Yep. There's only so much you can do. You know, this was just an out of control situation. Like, and it's just insane to see like everything totally devastated. Then you see that picture, that one red house with the red roof standing there. Yeah, a lot that's of property. Eerie. 
because she was way up in the mountains. Her property is basically safe. A lot of the billionaires, of course, it is. Yeah, where they stayed, a lot of their stuff is safe. But you know, the regular people, you know, it's it's gone. And and it makes me sad because I've never been to Hawaii. I've always wanted to go to Hawaii. I just haven't gotten a chance to go out there. And you know, it makes me sad because even if they rebuild, it's not going to be the same Maui. It's not going to yeah. be the same vibe. And and that's what I hate, you know, even with New Orleans, I didn't get to go to New Orleans before Katrina. You know, I went two years after Katrina and I've been to New Orleans several times since, but I can only imagine just how much fun and free and crazy was before Katrina, you know, and this is why I say like, you know, if you want to get out and travel and see things, go see it now. Cause a lot of things may not be there in the future. You know, the, the Everglades down in Florida is one of my favorite places to visit. Cause I love gators and wildlife and stuff like that. And like, just mm -hmm. being out in the swamp, I don't know, just gives me peace. I hate, you know, cats and dogs, but give me a baby gator. I'm, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay. I love baby gators. And so even the Everglades, like they're shrinking, you know, because it just, all oh, this yeah, they're going to be gone. gone you know, I think they're going to be gone in the next 20 years. You know, Florida is sinking. A lot of these places will not be around in the next 20 to 50 years. And so it's just heartbreaking that, you know, I never got a chance to go to Maui. I've always wanted to go out there. And yeah, I know there's other Hawaiian islands, but, you know, that's the most popular one that you always hear about Maui, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I even recognized that. And uh, I'm not super familiar with all of the you know, surrounding islands and stuff like that. But I, I did recognize um, Maui. And uh, like you were saying, with everything being on off balance right now, you know, the ocean is really off balance. I'm really obsessed with like nature and the waters and, and stuff like that as well. And a lot of the marine life is, <clears throat> it's off. You know, a lot of people say, um, you know, like scientists and, and marine biologists and stuff like that say a lot of it has to do with uh, climate change. But the most, I'm not even going to get into a whole rant about orcas. They're my favorite animals. I could go on for probably about an hour about them. <laughs> but they are the most intelligent beings in the ocean. Like the, their intelligence level is smart. I think they're smarter than humans. But anyway, even orcas, the way that their behaviors have changed, the, the marine life and the wildlife in the ocean, something is off in this world, like you were saying. Mm -hmm. Something's off with the environment, with the elements. All of that is is really wonky right now. And I think animals can sense a lot of things a lot different than people. And even people can sense that the energy is weird. Things are off. Hell, they were just talking about aliens not too long ago. People don't give a shit. You know, their homes are burning down uh, all across the world. Like you said, floods. When If it's not one thing, it's another. It's either people are freezing to death. Their homes are being burned down. People are drowning. All the stuff with water going on, fires. Things are really off right now. Yeah. Everybody just has to get get right with their higher power and just be grateful. You know, every yes. day that we're here is honestly a blessing, you know, just to be able to, you know, even if you don't have the best of the best, the biggest home, the best car, be grateful for what you do have, because there's people out here who have literally nothing. Yeah, nothing. Very true. So with that being said, let's go ahead and segue. Um, we got two more topics to hit on here. So um, I wanted to hit on the guy from the blind side, Michael Orr. So for many of y'all who don't know, he recently came out and he's basically blasting the adoptive family who took care of him, um, the Tuies. And so this is causing a lot of controversy. People are even demanding that Sandra Bullock get back her, um, Bullock, get back her Oscar because she got an Oscar for playing um, the mother, uh, Leanne Tuie. 
And mm-hmm. so he's come out um, and he's basically saying that they put him in a conservatorship. They took all his money. He didn't get any money from the film. So now the lawyer for the Tuies is speaking out. Um, he sent a statement to TMZ. And so I'm going to go ahead and read what he's saying. So the attorney is Martin Singer. And he is saying that the Tuies are heartbroken and accused or of threatening to plant a negative story about them unless they pay him $15 million. Singer said the Tuies hope that Orr regrets his recent decision and they can reconcile. In the meantime, however, they will not hesitate to defend their good name and stand up to the shakedown and defeat this offensive lawsuit. Orr filed a petition on Monday in Shelby County, um, basically asking the judge to terminate conservatorship initiated by them in 2004, months after he turned 18. Orr discovered this lie to his chagrin and embarrassment in February 2023 when he learned that the conservatorship, which he consented to on the basis of doing what would make him a member of the Tui family, in fact provided him with no familiar relationship with the Tuis, according to the petition. He moved in with the Tuis just before his senior year of high school and later attended Sean Tui's alma mater, Mississippi, or asked for a full accounting of his assets, considering his life story produced millions of dollars, and he's saying that he received nothing. Mm -hmm. So let me read the statement here. So the statement from the attorney reads, not only offensive, but it's transparently ridiculous. The notion that they would connive to withhold a few thousand dollars defies belief. They have constantly treated him like a son and one of their three children, Sanger said in the statement. His response was to threaten them, including saying that he would plant a negative story. The statement says that the age, that the agent negotiated small advance from the production company for the Oscar-nominated movie The Blind Side, which was a book written by Sean Tui's friend, Michael Lewis, that included a tiny percentage of the net profits divided equally with the Tuies making good on that pledge. Singer notes evidence exists in the profits participation, checks, and studio accounting statements for the movie that won Sandra Bullock the Oscar. The Tuies have insisted that they have not received one penny as Orr's conservator, and they set it up to help him with health insurance, a driver's license, and being admitted into college. Singer said in the statement that the Orr that Orr has tried several times before, only to have attorneys stop representing him once they learned the truth. The statement called this a cynical attempt as part of Orr's latest book tour. All right, so that is what they are saying. Um, Michael Orr did write a second book. Um so let me ask what you feel about this situation and I'm going to state how I feel about it. Well, so I watched the movie years ago when it came out and um, call me a cynic. I don't know, but I, I didn't like it. I thought it was bullshit. Um, I didn't like uh, Well, I guess the first thought that came through my mind. And this is just on the movie. So was, well, what what if he wasn't good at football? Like that, that was my thing. Like, OK, they they found this guy. Um, or discovered this guy and they loved him and they accepted him in his in their family you know because he was a a star football player uh second of all I just I didn't like the way that I don't know this might be fucked up to say but I didn't like the way they portrayed like oh this amazing white family came in and you know I'm all here for a a feel-good story but it just it felt like the great white hope (laughs) 
Yes, yes. It felt so fake and just bullshit. And he can't read and write and his crackhead piece of shit mom. And here we come, you know, the white angels swooping through. And just, you know, surprise, surprise, he happened to be an amazing football player. So I never really cared too much for the movie. Um, I think his net worth, I had Googled it, uh, is between like 15 to $20 million. So it's interesting that they're saying it's a shakedown. I'm pretty sure he has, you know, a decent amount of money. Um, but I'm, it's sad, but I'm not surprised. I could see that they, they saw a star in him and they figured, okay, let's, let's make some money off this situation. I am curious to hear what his, um, I, I guess I'm going to just say quote unquote siblings, you know, if what they have to say about the situation, is he still close with them? But, um, I, I believe it. Uh, the conservatorships, every time I hear about a conservatorship, it doesn't ever seem to be good. I'm sure there are some situations where they're set in place to help people, but, the fact that they that he's not legally their son and that they did not actually adopt him tells me everything that I need to know. They was on some bullshit. They felt like it was a meal ticket and, um, you know, they got theirs. Now, for me, being somebody who's, you know, into sports, um, I've never really heard about the whole conservative thing. But I can get how they have to do certain things because because the NCAA, they have a lot of really strict rules as far as like student athletes and, you know, making sure that it's a family situation, um, that it's not something where like the potential, you know, recruit that's going to the college where they're being given money. Like a lot of things have changed now because now they have like, you know, the these um these image name and likeness deals. So it's not mm -hmm. as strict as it used to be like back then. Um, but they were like, you know, there's certain rules put in place, but I will say this just because somebody's net worth is showing 16 million, which is what Michael Orr's net worth is showing net worth is not the same as liquid assets. Right. Yeah, that's true. So, so we don't really know what he has in the bank. You know, he yeah. might have properties, he might have certain deals, but that doesn't really equate liquid assets. Um, and the Tuis, they also have a high net worth as well. And they but were there's more than his. Yeah, theirs is about more than his. But the thing too is that they were already a rich family. They have mm -hmm. like a whole um fast food franchise. So even before this, they were very well to do. And that's where the majority of their money came from. Then eventually, you know, the book was um, made and the movie and all that stuff. So, of course, you know, it's their life story. So they're going to make some money. But they're saying that there was money set aside for him as well. I think for me, honestly, on the outside looking in, I, I'm not my, my BS Raider is going off. I'm not buying Michael Orr's story, to be honest really? with you. No, I'm just not. And I, and The Blind Side is not like my favorite movie or anything like that, because that's the same vibe I got that, you know, it was the great white hope they saved this. Yeah. <laughs> so I agree with you there. But I, I think he's full of crap because this is the second book that he's written. Right. In the first ah. book that he wrote, he spoke very, very highly of this family. You know how they did so much for him. They did more for him than his biological family. He spoke very, very highly of them. It was everything you know just everything was just so loving and caring and then we fast forward now you're just telling me now in 2023 you're just finding out about this conservatorship and now you want 15 million dollars like I stated in my um Tyrese video a lot of these celebs are struggling right now 
Yeah, no, that is true. Well-to-do people do not have the liquid assets that people think their their net worths are not net worthy. Okay, let's say that. <laughs> and I think that this is a situation where he may not have as much money as because you know he's out of the NFL now. Um, you know the endorsement deals he are not there as much, and people are thinking about their future. You know, can I still maintain this lifestyle? And so I think that this is what's going on. He's trying to drum up attention for this second book. Also, I also think that there's some slight ego at play as well, because anytime mm. he's interviewed, people don't really ask about him and, you know, him playing for the Baltimore Ravens. That's never like the main topic. It's always the blind side. It's always the two E's. And I think he's kind of upset that he's constantly tied to this white family. He's constantly tied to the two E's. He wants to be his own man. He wants things to be about him and not necessarily this movie. So what better way for me to not only break apart from this movie, break apart from the two E's, but to put this out there, you know, um, do I think that Sandra Bullock should have her, you know, Oscar rescinded? Absolutely not. Yeah, that's her, silly. Yeah, her and the guy who played Michael Orr, um, Aaron, uh, Quentin Aaron, um, they have nothing to do with the nonsense. They were hired to play a movie character and they did a phenomenal job. You know, they played the character, um, you know, hated or loved the movie. Um, I just, I don't trust Michael Orr. I don't trust the lawsuit. Um, I'd rather sit back and wait for the evidence to come out. And see, you know, what evidence is presented, you know, was he shafted out of money? Well, let's see. So for me, I just want to fall back and see because it's too many celebrities at this point that are coming out with these lawsuits, just like Bethany and all of the reality TV stars who for years praise Bravo, praise Mm -hmm. NBC and, oh, Andy Cohen is just the best. And if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be where I'm at now that the checks are running out now that, you know, the acting gigs are drying up. And from what I heard, too, Bethany has a lot of ulterior motives for this lawsuit with Bravo as well. Lady J was spilling some TikTok tea because, you know, she loves TikTok, honey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shout out to Lady J. Exactly. So there was some issues with Bethany. She was coming onto TikTok trying to be like a TikTok commentator. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that She was doing like reviewing products and like a makeup, you know, thing. Yeah, she just, had something to say mm-hmm. about the whole. Remember, I sent you the video with her and talking about Michaela and it's like mm-hmm. why is she cussing so much like why I don't know it just was a little cringe to see you know Bethany uh you know who's supposed to be this housewife of of New York right. it's a rich lady and you're yeah you're you're you're, you're squalling with the with the quote-unquote peasants of TikTok and yeah, what happened to skinny funny. girl cocktails wasn't exactly. that like a multi-million dollar company I guess not no more so from what Lady J was saying is that, you know, Bethany wants to basically do give all this commentary on TikTok, but then when TikTokers would give commentary on her, she started getting people's TikTok accounts flagged and taken down. Well, so I never like Bethany anyway. Yeah, people started blasting her and were like, bitch, you're a guest in TikTok. We created this platform. It was regular people, just like I was saying on YouTube, who created mm-hmm. this platform. And now you want to come here and you want to silence people. You want to take down people's TikToks, all the while giving your opinions on viral TikTok stories. Like, how does that work? So once people stopped watching her like that on TikTok and started dragging her, then it was like, well, let me go over to YouTube. And now she's starting this whole lawsuit. So I think a lot of this 
people's money are not there. The money is funny for a lot of these people who've known, who we've known to be millionaires and well-to-do people. Hence why you have folks like Tyrese trying to sue Home Depot, Bethany <laughs> with this lawsuit. You know, now we have Michael Orr. So to me at this point, I'm over these celebrity lawsuits. I just want everything to play out in a court of law. Okay. Yeah. And then at that point, cool. If he wins it, great. If if it gets tossed out, great. But I'm not going to get emotionally invested in this story because I, it, to me, it, it just sounds like BS. Like after all these years, all of a sudden now you're seeing this, but then in the same breath, you're pushing this new book and, you know, controversy sells. He's trying to build sympathy and, and all this stuff. So I'm going to wait because I, I just, because his first book was so flattering of the family. And then now you're trying to, you know, garner up eyes on this new book. So what better way than to cause controversy? But that's just yeah. my opinion. Yeah, no, I, I definitely get that. The only thing that, well, not the only, but one of the things that does make me give the the family the side eye though is why did they not adopt him? Because the movie portrayed it as if he was a part of their family. They adopted him. Why didn't they legally adopt? Especially, you know, I know sometimes those, those processes can be kind of expensive. He was grown. Remember when he ah. when he came with them, this wasn't like a little kid who was 15, 16. No, he was like, you know, 14, 15. By the time he came to them, when they finally allowed him to move in was his senior year. So at that point, he was 18 years old. So technically at 18, you're legally, quote unquote, an adult. And it's harder to do an, an adoption of somebody who's legally an adult. So that is why, um, from what I've read in the documents, that the lawyer that they spoke to said it was better for them to do a conservatorship, you know, over him. So that way they could help him get his license and help him get into college and do all that stuff. Mm, okay. It would still, you know, they would still be his legal guardian, quote unquote. But it's very hard to do adult adoptions, you know, once they're over the age of 18. And, you know, for me, when you think about this too, when it's all said and done, it's sad that money and fame is breaking up this connection. This was a family who decided to open up their home to him, who fed him, who clothed him, his own, where was his biological family? You know, the mother was on drugs and stuff, but where's the uncles? Where's his grandmother? You know, where are the aunties, the cousins? So your own biological family did not really care to take care of you. They didn't offer you a place to sleep, but this family did. To me, there has to be there there has to be a little bit of grace and gratitude because it's not easy to take on somebody else's child, somebody's grown child. This man is huge. He's a football player. Oh yeah, you know he was eating good. Yeah, you know he has. They they also had a daughter. Okay, so their daughter was the same age and you're letting, a, you know, technically a grown man move in with your family so that, you know, sometimes the story doesn't always end well, but this story did. So I, I just I don't know. I'm just going to fall back and kind of reserve judge, you know, judgment, because at the end of the day, regardless if he became a football star or not. And maybe that's why they allowed him to come in, because there was a potential of him becoming this big football star, making it into the NFL. That's what but I think. I, yeah, but I'm mean, like. LeBron James also had the same help. You know, how many people did LeBron? He he lived with his coaches at different points in his life because his mom was on drugs and couldn't take care of him. And guess mm -hmm. what? LeBron turned around and looked out for all those people that, you know, that helped him, who allowed him to sleep on their couches and who took care of them. He put them in positions of power. You know, he put them in business positions and things like that. So, yeah, Michael Orr is giving me a lot of ungratefulness vibes because LeBron was kind of like in his same situation. And yeah, he really true. like looked out for those people who looked out for him. 
Yeah, I wonder what happened. Like, if it was just the conservatorship, because, you know, okay, you think, all right, like, he found out one day <clears throat> he's not really a part of their family, technically, or whatever. Like, something had to have happened to at a point where you would think that if someone did do all that for you, and they really looked out for you, and you felt genuine love and things like that, why would you do that? So I, I am with you on that point, as far as like saying what what happens. But um, yeah, I know I'm kind of side on the family, though. But I am interested to see I would like to hear what the siblings have to say, if yeah. they ever speak out, who are they siding with, which I mean, I doubt they'll turn against their parents. But I'm really interested to see and in, in what his his siblings have to say about the the whole situation. You know, now that it's a lawsuit, they probably won't speak out. But like you said, it'll play out eventually. So yeah, I'm definitely gonna interested to see to play out more. But yeah, I think there's more to the story. I think it's bigger than this so-called conservatorship. Maybe there was a fall. Yeah, I think it's it's a lot deeper. But me personally, I'm just I'm over the celebrity lawsuits. So at this yeah, point, yeah, they are getting a little ridiculous. Yeah. I do wonder that why. Why did he not receive any money from that movie, though? I don't believe that. You don't think he or you think he did? And he's just, you know, yeah, I I, I don't believe that he's the story's about him. Why would the star of the movie not receive a check? But the family does. Yeah, that's why I was not on the family. Yeah, it's like there'd be no movie without him. I'm just not buying it. It just, you know, like I said, this is his second book. And the first one, none of these complaints came out. So I just, for me, I'm going to sit back and reserve judgment. I'm not getting emotionally invested in this. I'm not, you know, uh, setting up petitions to remove lots, yeah. <laughs> you know, Oscar. I'm just not getting emotionally invested in this. I'd rather it play out in court. And then let's just see if he really has the receipts showing that he wasn't paid because per his book back in the day, you know, everything was hunky dory. And now, mm-hmm. now they're just a bunch of honkies. And you know what I mean? Like, yeah. come on now. Like, how do you go from one extreme to another? You know what I'm saying? No disrespect. With their unseasoned ass yeah. fucking you food. Know <laughs> they were seasoned, you know, in 2011. Now they're unseasoned and, you know, unworthy. So we're going we're gonna to see you know what I'm saying? where this damn lawsuit go, goes moving forward. But I'm not getting emotionally invested. I'm just, I'm over it. I, I'm over the lawsuits, yeah. the drama. I feel you. Yeah. So yeah, I do remember though. Now this was uh this was a while back, but um, it, what was that church? The the Westboro Baptist Church. Those crazy motherfuckers. They had come to Memphis, and um, you know, they would protest all this hateful shit, and you know, just would would give Christians bad names and things like that. But anyway, they came to Memphis to protest Graceland. Their little, you know, their thing right now was God hates your idols. That was their tour at that time, you know. And anyways, I remember they were coming to, uh, or they did, they, they came to protest Graceland and tell everybody how God hates their idols. And their next stop was to go see him, to go see Michael. Um, because, you know, at that time, the blind side was a really big deal. He was really popular. A lot of people really enjoyed the story, you know, it was a good, a feel good story. And I remember, you know, so obviously he was the star. He was, you know, not a lot of people did idolize him. So not saying that them crazy motherfuckers had any right, but, you know, they're just picking famous people that it was popular at the time. So that was their next stop. And I believe they did go and protest uh, where he was, you know, to, oh, to spread they? their. Yeah. Yeah. With spread you their know, message of love and hate. Yeah. Them crazy. Like I said, those people were fucking batshit crazy. You don't hear too much about them these days, but, no, they, um, they, but you know, but, yeah, they, you know, that again, the, the joys of growing up in the nineties and the two thousands. Right. Right. Yeah. Those people Baptist church in years, but yeah, they were a trip. 
They were they just- were fucking nuts. And I remember a lot of them were like lawyers and stuff. Because, you know, you're thinking, okay, these backwoods fucking trailer park hillbillies. That No, they were like lawyers and shit. And I know some people came out and spoke, you know, that left uh, the cult because that's what it was. It was a cult and um spoke about it and stuff like that but yeah that that was definitely a thing and i remember they came to memphis and then they were they were headed to go see him that is so funny well mm. all right well speaking of that let's go ahead and segue into our last topic um i, I swear it's breakup season honey mm. um today it has been announced that Brittany and sam her husband um they broke up and then also uh, Kiki and Darius, they're not together at all. And Kiki, yeah, Brittany hadn't even been married a year. Yeah, yeah, they split after fourteen months of marriage. So yeah, just a little bit over a year. <clears throat> Damn. Well, he's good looking. I'll give her that. He's he's a, a very handsome man. But I he, I kind of always gave him a side eye too because I'm you know like okay, what 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 are you doing here? You know, because he was with her through the conservatorship and after the facts so you know a lot of people thought that he was just with her to you know kind of prey upon her too and her money and all of that stuff so I don't know if that's true or not um did it say why they they split he claims that Brittany was cheating on him oh like do she even leave the house because every time I see her she's in some panties grinding and and and, you know slow winding like yeah, when did she not- leave the house to be able to cheat? I think that was a ruse. I, you know, can we just have an honest conversation about Britney? As much yes. as I love Britney, you know, I was one of the the first ones to talk about the free Britney movement on YouTube to mm-hmm. get people going about that. Um, Britney has some serious mental issues, and I didn't, yes. I didn't know it was that serious until they allowed her to be on social media. You know, yeah. these constant videos of her, you know, dancing in panties and just. You can tell mentally she's not all there. And yes, I guess it's it's obvious. There, there's something, you know, the elevator is not going all the way up to the top floor. And that I mean no disrespect by that, but that's the vibe I get. And I think until they have an honest conversation about her mental instability and until she is surrounded with the right people and on the right medications, she's gonna be unable to keep a stable relationship. A man is only gonna be able to put up with so much. Because even watching her on, on when I used to follow on Instagram, I had to unfollow her. She, it was too much for me. So I couldn't imagine living with her, just these ups and downs. And just, it was just weird watching her on Instagram and the things that she would do and the conversations that she would try and have. It just didn't seem like it was very cohesive. Yeah. And you know, on her, um, cause I still follow her. And uh, like you said, I mean, we're, we're just having an honest conversation right now. So I don't want people thinking I'm being hateful or, or mean or anything like that. Um, I've, I've grown up around a lot of people who one has taken lithium that, you know, I don't know what she's been diagnosed with. I think at one point in time, they might've diagnosed her with bipolar or whatever, but I I see a a lot of the, the similarities and the, the way that she is behaving is not, I mean, you know, what is normal, but just now, her body is sick, so I'll, I'll give her that. It ain't got nothing to do with that, though. But just the way that she looks does not look healthy. The way that she acts does not seem normal. It seems very manic, very erratic. She done got her a stripper pole and was just grinding and, you know, acting. Just, it, it wasn't even, you know, at first I was like, okay, Brittany hasn't been on social media a long time. So maybe she just doesn't understand social media. But then I'm like, well, isn't Paris her best friend? Why ain't her homegirl Paris, you know, like telling her, hey, don't do this. Don't do that. This, you know, looks 
this looks odd. This looks off, even down to her appearance and everything like that, which, you know, not her style, but just the way that her makeup her, is like, always smudged. Eyes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then some people argue, okay, well, she's just natural. She hasn't gotten any plastic surgery or anything like that on her face. Okay. I understand that. But the smudged eyeliner and the way that she looks, how she would post the pictures of her, you know, being naked and, you know, granted, if it was a, a photo shoot that was like highly edited and all that stuff, then, you know, people wouldn't have thought twice about it because she's taking a picture, you know, with, with the phone and then putting little smiley face emojis over her coochie. It, it just does look, we it doesn't look like she is mentally healthy. And then, you know, she'll type like these really, really long um, captions and stuff that don't make a lot of sense. And the most recent one where I was like, yeah, she, I, I think she might be a little mentally unhealthy right now was when she got the the stripper pole and was twirling and all that. But, you know, some people on TikTok are saying all these dancing videos are green screen. She's behind a green screen and it's glitching out, which, you know, who knows if that's true or not. But um, I, I could definitely see how being married to someone, even though he was with her for a long time prior to, I don't know if they changed her meds once she got off the conservatorship and maybe she changed but I could definitely see how it would be very hard for someone to be in a relationship with someone that is not mentally stable. Yeah. You know, and again, I think that her family and the greedy people who were taking advantage of her definitely needed to be, you know, pushed out the way. Oh yeah. You know, unfortunately I think that she needs help. She just does. I just, you know, I, I don't get that she's just all there. And it's it's sad. It's it's sad to watch very sad. like this. I know she had wanted a baby, but, you know, honestly, I'm glad that she did not have another kid. Um, She's just not mentally there. You can just tell, like, her eyes sometimes just look dead and vapid. And it's just so sad because, you know, this, I was a huge Britney Spears fan. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Loved her music. You know, Criminal is probably one of my favorite songs. Mama, I'm in love with the criminal. Like that oh, is yeah. my jam. And so it's like, it's sad to see like, you know, so many of our idols just falling and dying and just going through stuff. But I think, you know, he just couldn't take it anymore. And we're all human. I'm not going to knock him, you know, so it's easy to call him a gold digger and, you know, all that stuff. But, you know, who who's, who on her level is going to date her? You know, everybody expects her to yeah. like, do y'all like, linked up with Justin her? Timberlake? Yeah, or like Tom Cruise or something like she's going to have to date down. So yeah. so every man that doesn't have Britney Spears's net worth, they're all gold diggers. Well, let you me know? tell so, you something. That man speak. is fine as hell. Fine. So, yeah, that man's fine. So, I mean, I ain't even not to mention, I'm sure that she probably had a, a pretty decent uh, prenup and all that. But yeah, she did. So he's not going to get any money. <laughs> You know, the yeah. print is definitely in place, but yeah, everybody keeps saying that, but it's like, okay, well, what A-lister is going to date Britney Spears in this condition that she's in? And please don't say plies. I don't care about plies. <laughs> who came up with, hold on, who came, who recommended plies? Did he because plies, suggest they, himself? The, con the controversy is plies was like, like basically just jocking her the other day, like, oh my God, did y'all see Britney Spears dancing? Like he was just basically on her tip. And so they're oh saying God. that that's the, <laughs> the divorce. That's what they're saying on the shade room. But oh nobody. my God, yeah, the internet's crazy. Yeah, so, they just come up with all kind of shit. Yeah, like, yeah. So flies is like the destruction of their marriage. So that's like the joke. But yeah, I just I don't see like a big A lister 
dating Britney Spears, you know, especially in the state that she's in. So she's always yeah. going to date somebody who's like the help or, you know, the garden boy. Yeah, the- hell, look, she KFAB, you know? Like yeah, that's- you know? It, and it's hard when it's a woman who's in a position of power and who has money. It's hard to find men on that level, and especially if you're dealing with the, with a mental illness. So, you know, good luck to Britney on that. But, you know, it's, it's sad that they've broken up. But I think he's human, and if he wants to move on and he can't deal with it, then so be it. A lot of y'all wouldn't stay. So I'm not going to. Yeah, I mean, look at Kim Kardashian and Kanye West, you know, Mm -hmm. that was part of the reasons, you know, or so they say was because of Kanye's like mental instability. And it it is hard because I know, you know, when you take your, uh, you know, you say your wedding vows and all that, it is through sickness and in health. And a lot of times people don't consider, um, you know, like addiction or mental illness or stuff like that part of, you know, health or whatever. But at what point, and I'm not saying Brittany in any way, shape or form is a, a drug addict or, or mental, you know, anything like that. But it, it's no different than when people are in relationships with someone that, you know, at, out of their control, because I believe that addiction is a, a disease, you know, just like with mental illness, you can get help and you can treat it. And, you know, you it takes a lot of personal work and growth and things like that. But it's no different than if you're married to someone, y'all been married a long time and then they get strung out on drugs or they're dealing with alcoholism or something like that. And you're trying everything you can to help them. And they just, it, it's not working out. It can ruin your own life. And at what point do you have to say, okay, you know, I'm putting your happiness before my life and, you know, taking that decision, you know, of course he's going to be scrutinized through social media. Now I will say when I first seen him, like I said, I was like, okay, what's he doing? What's he here for? But he's a good looking man. I, I don't see what would be wrong with him dating Britney Spears. Oh, he's right. fine as hell. Then yeah. he used to be a soccer player or something like that anyways. It wasn't just like he was, you know. The, I don't know where she found the, him. You what'd you say? <laughs> the frog cook at Bojangles, you know. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if he's a fry cook or, you know, a grave digger. I don't know what he does, but I know he's fine. That's- yeah, she definitely has a type too. I've noticed, like over mm-hmm. time, she likes tall, dark, and handsome. So plies. I don't know if the he's on the shorter scale, which is okay. I'm short too. I ain't hating, but. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so now, last but not least, we got to talk about this Kiki Palmer situation. So mm-hmm. everybody's talking about the Kiki and Usher video. So Kiki was teasing it the other day, and it finally came out. So Kiki took to social media and basically. Um, she wrote this. Let me see here. I thought I had it up. Basically, she was just thanking Usher and saying that she's always looked up to him. Um, and I'm going to keep it real. At first, I was kind of nervous to see the video because, you know, I felt like the whole situation with her and um, her baby daddy, Darren, you know, was unfortunate. You know, the baby's really young and I was hoping that, you know, they'd be able to kind of figure it out and, you know, get back together and just, you know, raise their child. Um, Darius, excuse me, I said Darren, but Darius. And so I thought going into it, because, you know, I know Miss Kiki can be petty. Mm-hmm. I thought she was going to be like really throwing it in his face and being like the love interest. And he's like grinding up on her. They're in bed together. And all this stuff. When I watched the video, I was pleasantly surprised. I thought it was tasteful. Um, It was very entertaining. It was lighthearted. It was positive. I love the fact that she was dancing. She was dressed like Usher. It it ended up being like, it was, it's a bop. It was really cute. Yeah. I I like the song. Yeah. Cause at first I was like, well, I don't know. Like she, is she just trying to latch onto this? Like I'm over this story, but no, it's actually a really cute video. 
Yeah, I agree. I thought the video was really cute. And and mind you, Usher's just a legend in himself. I like his the way he can sing, dance, all that. Like he he is so talented. So, you know, I definitely see why she would want to um collaborate with him, but I, you know, given what happened prior to, I wasn't really feeling what her baby daddy said in general, talking about how she's dressed and you're a mom like come on now. That that the way she's dressed and all that ain't got shit to do with it. You feel away. But I liked it. I'm here for it. Like, okay, you want to embarrass me publicly? You want to take this shit to social media? Well, I can be just as petty. Because I noticed at the end, you know, she's like, well, after all, I am a mother, you know, and then kind of winked in the camera. So mm -hmm. I thought it was a cute little kind of petty way to, you know, like, all right, whatever. Here you go. But the song to Bob, I love the video. I love Kiki. Usher's a legend in his own right. But like you said, it was done very tastefully, for one. So... You yeah, know, like she was like, oh, they're acting ratchet and twerking all up on them. And just it, it was fun. It was like very fun. I, and, you know, Kiki's a full of all around entertainer. You know, she can sing. So we got to hear her vocals. She can dance. I just thought it was really, really cute. And then like just her even paying homage to like all of his songs, you know, well, not all, but, you know, like a majority of his songs, like nice and slow. Like, I just thought that was really, really cute. Just like the different references in the videos. You can tell they put a lot of thought into the video. Yeah, the choreography was everything. She was dancing. It looked like she was having a good time. Like you say, it wasn't like they was in bed together or anything like that. Like it just, it was sweet and it was funny and it was cute. And like the, the song's a bop. So I, I'm here for it. I am interested to uh, see if her, um, what's his name, Darius, if Darius takes to social media again, like what does he have to say about this? And I'm assuming that they're not together anymore after this. Yeah, they're saying that basically they moved on. And they broke up after the whole controversy that happened um, in Vegas. So oh, yeah, they're, the they're not together. And um, long story short, basically he's saying that, you know, uh, the family representative is saying that they're not together, but they just, you know, they plan on just co-parenting and being parents to their son. So that's, oh, well, that's good. But he hasn't come out publicly and tweeted anything. Um, I think he should just sit down and eat his food at this point. Yeah, he don't need out. to say shit. Yeah, you know, y'all have y'all's baby. Think of the baby and move on. Um, but I think Kiki and Usher, you know, they took the controversy and they're running with it. You know, Usher's trying to get a bag. This is a good look for Kiki. You know, so I think that they did it. And I think it was like in a tasteful way. Um you know, so I'm not mad at it. I enjoyed the mm -hmm. video. I did too. And now is an uh is Usher in a relationship or is he single? I think he's single now. I'm not sure though. Okay. Because well, you know the lyrics of the song was interesting. You know, obviously it, it no, he may totally not be played public, the but I know Usher's getting some somewhere. Okay. Oh yeah, <laughs> he's getting something from somebody somewhere. Okay. We yeah, just don't know I, who that person may be. I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure it's not hard to find <laughs> exactly exactly but yeah I thought it was really cool I, I'm I can't wait I really want to go see him um he comes back to Vegas in October so I do want to okay. see him perform in Las Vegas so hopefully we'll be going out there um in October so yes we have reached the end of our podcast this was a really good conversation I really yes it was it. Um, you know, again, just prayers and love to the people of Hawaii, especially yeah. the island of Maui. Um, and, you know, donate support. Definitely make sure that you guys are donating to reputable people, uh, reputable agencies and things like that. 
I like to go through agencies where I know it's going to get directly to the people and there's not a bunch of red tape, like the Red Cross, you know, mm -hmm. so just really do your due diligence in donating. But um, it's just, it's sad. You know, the only thing I can say is just stay prayed up and understand that there's so much coming down the pipeline and just prepare and and really understand that you're you're in this by yourself here. There's no one coming to rescue you. So we all have to get in the mindset of preparing and knowing where all the exit signs are and the best way, you know, out of your neighborhood and things like that in the event of a fire, earthquake, you know, hurricane, tsunami, all of these weather phenomenons are becoming more and more frequent, unfortunately. Yeah, it's really sad. It is, but everyone take care and thank you, Emily, for joining me. This was no a dope problem. conversation. So we will talk to y'all later, tea sippers. Thank you for listening to today's show. Make sure you join us again soon. For all the latest tea, make sure you follow me on my social media pages. Just put in L-O-V-E-L-Y-T-I on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube.